Are you a man looking for an intensive program to help you overcome sexually addictive behaviors? Gateway to Freedom is your answer. Gateway to Freedom is a three-day workshop for men seeking to overcome any destructive sexual habits. Whether married, single, or divorced, Gateway to Freedom will help men regain hope for a new life of purity and real contentment. The workshop is conducted by experts in the field of sexual addiction recovery with decades of combined experience. Read testimonials of workshop alumni at gatewaymen.com. Get all the info and register online at gatewaymen.com or call 1-800-49-PURITY. Hi, my name is Jonathan, and I'm the founder of the Gateway to Freedom Workshop. I want to invite you to join us at our next workshop coming up March 9th through the 11th in Texas in the peaceful Rolling Hill Country. So call us today at 1-800-49-PURITY. That's 1-800-497-8748 or visit gatewaymen.com. You're listening to Pure Sex Radio, training men, educating women. Brought to you by Be Broken Ministries. Visit us on the web at puresexradio.com. Good day, radio listeners. Welcome to this edition of the Pure Sex Radio broadcast. My name is Jonathan, and I'm glad that you've joined us. And I'm excited this uh, week to just share with you the second part of a talk that I gave recently on the problem of lust and how to overcome it. Uh, We really hope that this encourages you. I gave this at a, a men's conference recently, and the response was really great in just being able to understand Listen, what is this beast of lust that we struggle with, and, and how can we actually overcome it? And in, in this particular session, there's going to be some real practical tools for how you can daily live a life of integrity and purity. So we hope you enjoy this, and if you've got questions or if there's anything that comes up where you realize, man, I need more help on this journey, please reach out to us. You can get in touch with us at puresexradio.com, or you can call us toll-free at 1-800-497-8748. Thanks. What is God's purpose for sexuality? You and I, this is something that was transformational for me in my recovery. I'd, you know, I'd grown up in the church. I'd, I'd read all these verses on purity, and I kind of quote-unquote knew the truth. And I've, I've learned that there are two primary, if I could put it this way, categories or stages of knowledge. There is the knowledge of facts And then there's the knowledge of experience. See, I had a lot of facts. I had a lot of knowledge of facts. But you can only only learn knowledge of experience by then applying what you know, putting it into practice. And so I had read this verse in 1 Thessalonians quite a bit because a lot of youth pastors love to use this to try to control teenagers, okay? Uh, 1 Thessalonians 4.3 says, you know, this is your sanctification, uh, you know, that you abstain from sexual immorality. This is God's will, your sanctification. So a lot of, you know, youth pastors and parents like to say, this is God's will, abstain from sexual immorality, you know, this kind of fear tactic sort of thing. And hey, it's still true, but they don't go down to verse 7, which says, God has not called you to be impure, but to live a holy life. And guys, a, a switch got flipped in my brain where I realized for the first time in my life, I'm made for purity. 
That's actually what my design is. See, my lust had been lying to me so long that I thought I was just made to be a slug sexually, that I thought I was just made to be lustful, that I was just made to be, I mean, we hear it all the time, right? Well, boys will be boys. That's just the way men are. Guys, we got to reject that. As followers of Jesus, we got to stand up and say, guess what our actual design is for, by our Creator? We're made for purity. We're made to live a holy life. We're made to manage our bodies in such a way that it's pleasing to God. So I want you to, I want that to be kind of the paradigm that we are coming from when we talk about God's purpose for sexuality. Because as we look at God's purpose for sexuality, I want you to understand four things about it. One is God's purpose for sexuality is bigger than sex. It's bigger than sex. See, we were made in God's image, and we're told in the scriptures that God actually says to us, be holy, for I am holy. In the same way that there's an otherness about God, there needs to be an otherness about us in the world. We are to be set apart. So, so much about how we manage this great gift of sexuality that God has given us is going to demonstrate this bigger mission and vision that God has for us, which is being holy. I've, I've learned it in my own life that probably the number one character development tool that God has used in my life over the years to continue to refine me towards his image is how I manage my sexuality. Think about it, guys. Probably at least it's got to make the top three in terms of what men struggle with the most. Sexual temptation of some kind. So if you think about that, rather than hiding it, rather than carrying a whole bunch of shame about it, maybe you could shift your mind and realize God has a bigger vision for your life. He's actually wanting to maybe use that weakness and that struggle to refine you to bear his image. But you got to come out into the light. you got to be willing to then actually work on it. And so God's purpose for sexuality is bigger than sex. God's purpose for sexuality is also better than sex. Now, some of you might be going, wait a second, sex is pretty good. What I mean by that is that the oneness that God declared sex to be in the act in marriage is actually meant to be a picture that points us to something much better. And that is the union of Christ and his church. We're told in Ephesians 5, when husbands are given the instruction to love your wife as Christ loves the church and gave himself up for her, it then goes on to talk about nourishing and cherishing her. And then it goes to talk about the two shall become one. But I say that this is the mystery that proclaims Christ in the church. He's actually saying, did you know this incredible covenant union between man and woman is not just about the man and woman? And guys, if you, um, well, here's, here's something I want to say that, again, I don't want any of this to be discouraging to you younger guys, but listen, over the span of a lifetime, your body will change, okay? So we had better be about something that's bigger and better in terms of mission than just the act of sex, so this, this overall purpose that God has for our sexuality 
It's bigger because it's meant to be something about reflecting his holiness. It's better because, guys, here's the thing. Union with Christ exceeds anything that you and I could experience in the flesh. And I don't mean in the flesh sinfully. I mean just in these bodies. You realize what it means to be united with Christ. That is eternal. Did you know that there's not going to be marriage in heaven? You know why? Because marriage is a picture. In heaven, there will be the full consummation of the union of Christ and his church. There's no need for a picture anymore. God's purpose for our sexuality is even better than sex. It's also, it lasts longer than sex. It lasts longer than sex. Part of that is the idea that, you know, yeah, body's change and all that. But what I mean is our whole purpose in life is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. And so again, I do believe that he can use sexuality as a refining process in that relationship, but his purpose, is, it lasts longer than sex. But here's the good news, guys. His purpose includes sex. Okay, sexuality and God's purpose for sexuality includes sex. God is the creator of sex. And remember what I said about what he created. Everything that he created, he declared it good. So here's the thing. Did you know, one of my favorite things to do in our ministries, and we, we spend a lot of time in the first three chapters of Genesis because design matters when it comes to this issue of sexuality. And what I always like to tell people is when you look at that story about how God said, let us make man in our image. So in the image of God, he created him, male and female, he created them. Then it said, God blessed them and said, be fruitful and multiply. The first verbal command that God gave to human beings was have sex. I love that. So from the very beginning, God was saying, you know what, the first thing that I'm verbally going to say to mankind is have sex. You know, in the Bible, a lot of times when there's either a list or when there's an order given to something, a lot of times there's, there's higher importance on the things that are listed first. Well, considering this was the very first thing that God said to man at all, I think it's pretty important. And that's probably why he has a high value on it and wants to protect us and wants to protect his covenant and wants to protect that institution of marriage because he says it's that important. But it does include sex. He wants us to be fruitful and multiply. So what's the bottom line for God's purpose for sexuality? It's to bear his image and build his kingdom. Now that might seem almost like parallel. Wait a second, that feels really big, but that's really what it is. We bear his image in the holiness with which we manage our sexuality. We also bear his image. Did you know that bearing his image is not merely an individual thing? Notice that he said, let us make man in our image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. The fullness of the image of God is found in the union of male and female. That's why I believe God considers sex so valuable and so important. Because he's saying, did you know it's actually in that covenant bond of marriage when a man and a woman come together that there's the fullness of the image of God expressed? And then think of what is the effect of sex. We're all here because of the effect of sex. Procreation. God said, be fruitful which is have sex and multiply. 
So the idea is God wanted to fill the earth from the very beginning with image bearers of him. And so really, when you think about God's ultimate purpose for sexuality, it's to bear his image and build his kingdom. So now we want to jump to what are daily practices to live pure? Guys, what can you do to begin to live more into the design and purpose that God has made for your sexuality and not be seduced by these things that are less than? I'm so glad that Matt shared that C.S. Lewis quotes, that C.S. Lewis quote on desire, where at the very end it says, we are far too easily pleased. Guys, if we're getting all enamored with pornography, we don't understand the feast that God has for us in purity and living a life of holiness. So we need to be willing to begin to set these things aside so that we can live out the fullness of the joy that he has for us. So what are the daily practices to live pure? First, focus upward. And don't worry, in a minute I'm going to put a little bit finer point on these so that it's even a little bit more practical. But the idea here is Jesus is the one himself who said to us, that he is the vine and we are the branches. Apart from him, we can do nothing. And nothing means nothing. The breath even that you and I have been breathing here in this whole session is a gift from Jesus. Apart from him, we can do nothing. We can do nothing of value in his kingdom. We can do nothing of fruitfulness in his kingdom. So therefore, we need to recognize that the, the, the focus that we need to have as we begin to pursue lives of purity, is our focus needs to be on Him. Because He's the author of sex, He's the author of our bodies, He's the author of life, and so therefore He's going to know best how we are to live. So focus upward. The second part here is examine inward. And this is a, this is a lot of what Matt is talk, uh, hitting on here about the idea of longings. Do you know yourself? You know, a lot of times when we talk about focus inward, especially when people start thinking about that like in a counseling context, they get real nervous and they're like, man, is this going to become like some kind of psychobabble and we're talking about childhood and all this kind of stuff? Guys, listen, did you know it's biblical to examine your life? David even said, search me and know me, O God. See if there be any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. He was saying, man, let's peel it back. Let's take a look at it. We need to be willing to examine inward and recognize the areas that need help, recognizing what our deep longings actually are. Begin to understand how can we uh, repair what's been damaged? How can we move towards what is good? And then finally, live outward. So focus upward. We need to have our eyes fixed on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. We need to examine inward. We need to know our brokenness. We need to know where... Uh, if, if there's any wicked way in me and ask God to lead us in the way of everlasting. And then finally live outward. The reality is, is that you and I were made by God to multiply his kingdom. We are meant to be multipliers of his grace, not, not reservoirs of it. We're meant to be those who then take this transformation that God is doing in our lives and share it with others. And the way this looks as, as it pertains to purity is guys, if we're in a Bible study together, if we are doing life together as men, we need to not ignore this area of our lives. We need to talk with one another about our struggles. We need to ask each other how we're doing with our eyes. We need to say, what's been happening in your life in this area of sexual purity? And what are some things that you're doing that are helping you that might help me? 
Let's encourage one another forward rather than trying to shame each other into controlled behavior. So let me put a little bit of a finer point on what these, what this uh, focus upward, examine inward, and live outward looks like. The idea of focusing upward, this is daily time in the word and worship. We do these three-day intensives for men. They're called Gateway to Freedom. And there's probably some information about that in the packet that you got from us. If you didn't get one, please grab one on your way out. We do these three-day intensives. And one of the things that we want to do is, even though we we do these intensives over the three days, we... Uh, track guys for six months afterwards because we want to see the principles integrated into their lives. And so we do these surveys along the way. And the one thing, one of the things that we check in on every single one of those surveys is daily time in the Word. You know what we found over the years? That is the single highest barometer of long-term success for a man in this area of sexual integrity. Daily time in the Word. Now, I want you to understand how we define that at the workshop so that it doesn't become just a religious ritual for you. We define it this way. Daily time in both the written Word and with the living Word. See, Jesus Christ, we've learned in in John chapter 1, the Word was with God. See, Jesus Christ is the living Word. So it's not just a matter of opening your Bible, reading a few black letters on a white page, and then shutting it and being like, I'm done. We need the written Word. But it's more about having that also with the living Word. Here's how I do this in my life in terms of my daily time in the Word. And that's, that's where the worship piece comes in. I believe the worship piece is how you engage with the living Word. So I do it this way. I have a, I have a little cafe table in, the, in this hallway, long hallway in our house, and it's got a, a window that sort of overlooks a little courtyard outside of our house. And so that's where I have my time within the Word every morning. And what I do is I have my Bible open there, but it's a little two-seater cafe table. Guess who's sitting across the table from me? Jesus. Now, I've never seen him yet, like physically, but he's there. So what I do is this, this combination of word and worship is as I'm in the written word and asking him to share with me what he wants to say to me. And by the way, guys, if you need a visual, this is what helps me. When I open the written word, I imagine it's the mouth of God opening. He wants to say something to me. And I would encourage you that this daily time in the Word is that personal connection with the Word. Listen, I'm all for study. Learn Greek, Hebrew, Aramaic, all that kind of stuff. That's good. Go deep in that kind of stuff. But in terms of what I'm talking about here, in terms of the daily time, the daily practices that are going to transform your life, this is the, this, the deep, intimate, personal connection. So as I am in the written Word, and God is saying something to me, then I will take a moment and speak and seek to listen from the living word and worship and, and have interaction in that way. And it's transformative. It's a, it's a daily practice. When we do that, we begin to realize that transformation is not mechanical, it's relational. And if you want to be a man who comes free from secrets and free from the bondage of lust and these types of things, we need to understand the relational dynamic of growing in Jesus. Also, the idea of examining inward, confession and repentance. This is the one-two punch of really moving forward in the life of integrity. Confession is simply bringing into the light what's been in the dark. Basically, just uncovering whatever's hidden. A simple definition of confession is to agree with truth. So whatever you've done, 
You confess. Here's the problem, though, and this is why I always put confession with repentance when we're talking about uh, seeking to build a life of integrity. Several years into our ministry, we had, a, we had some support groups going on and everything like that, and I started realizing a phenomenon that was a little confusing to me. I now dub these guys serial confessors. They're guys that come into the group, they have no problem just vomiting everything that they've done in the last week. And as we seek to support and help and instruct and give guidance and those kind of things, they come back the next week. Exactly the same vomit. In exactly the same way. And week after week after week after week after week. And I tell them, I've gotten to the point now in the ministry where I'm a little bolder than I was when I was younger. And I'll be like, you're an excellent confessor. You suck at repentance, but you're an excellent confessor. And so the idea here is we need to understand that confession is important in terms of getting things into the light. But repentance is learning how to walk in the light. There's an engagement of your will and responding to the grace and power of the Holy Spirit in your life that you begin to make decisions differently because of that. I think of it this way. If you had a, if you had a door here and inside this room is all the stuff you've got in the dark. Confession is cracking the door so that light can come in and just expose what's in the dark. Repentance is actually opening the door all the way up, stepping out into the light and saying, how do I live out here? That's really what repentance is about. Both of them, by the way, you'll have to do more than once. But the idea is if you can learn how to get into the daily practice of confession and repentance, you will see your, your growth will, will uh, increase exponentially. And then finally, loving your neighbor. That's the live outward. Do you have somebody that needs to hear your story? Do you have somebody that you could mentor? Do you have somebody that you could share the kind of changes that God is making in your life? I think we need to be able to be willing to give away those things. You're listening to Pure Sex Radio, training men, educating women. Visit us on the web at puresexradio.com. Guys, I want to leave you with a passage that I always find encouraging for me, and it's a good reminder for me to remember what my focus needs to be. It comes from Philippians chapter 4, and it's verse 8. And Paul gives these instructions. He says, finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, Whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about such things. The reason I want to leave that with you is because we all know this if we've ever driven a car. What direction is that car going to go based on where you're looking? It's going to go in the direction you're looking, right? I like to translate that into three words that are applicable according to this verse. Feet, follow, focus. Feet, follow, focus. Meaning you are going to move, your life is going to move in the direction of what you are focused on. You're going to walk toward whatever you're focused on. So guys, if you're, if you're finding yourself 
regularly ending up in front of a screen looking at pornography, regularly ending up lusting over a coworker, and all this kind of, you're ending up landing there, then guess what? It's not a feet problem, it's a focus problem. So let us think about what's true and honorable and just. And you know what I've done as a discipline on these sometimes? What I'll do is I'll just take one day and I'll just grab one of these. Okay, today it's about lovely. All I'm going to try to focus my mind on today is whatever is lovely according to God's word. Let me just do that. And you know what you'll find? Your whole world will open up and you'll realize there's a lot of loveliness around. Even in a dark, broken world that's been stained by sin, God's grace still allows all kinds of loveliness to permeate his creation. And so guys, keep that in mind. Feet follow focus. And may we all, on the other side of heaven, have a grand celebration and maybe today was a marker for some of you that, rec- that was a pivotal moment in your life where you realized, I can't put it off another hour. I can't put it off another day. I've got to make a decision here about what I'm going to do regarding my sexuality. And am I going to pursue something that's transformative by the grace of God that honors him and helps others? Or am I going to keep making it all about me so that I just continue to live a life of lust? I pray that you desire the former, that you want to live a life that's pleasing to God. Let's pray. Father, what a privilege it is to be with these brothers in Christ. Lord, I do pray that if there is any man here who is entangled, I pray that he would recognize and understand deep in his soul that your word is true, that there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Lord, give us all courage to step more into the light Let us be transformed by the grace that you've given us through Jesus Christ. Not simply in a way that we create new rituals and new disciplines that are simply checking boxes, but Lord, let us open your word in such a way that we engage the living word in our hearts and our lives and our relationships. And the mission that you've given us is completely transformed based on him. Lord, we love you. And we're grateful that you first loved us. For apart from you, we can do nothing. And we give you all the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, guys. Pure Sex Radio is paid for by Be Broken Ministries. Visit us online at puresexradio.com.